And if you don't leave a memorable and distinct impression, they may see you again and not realize that they've seen you before. That's not one plus one equals two. That's one and one. They're standing alone. You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 262. And today, let's discover how to amplify your personal brand. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, Authority Amplifier to expert-based business owners. And today we are talking about branding and not just any kind of brand, but a brand that's really based around you as a person, which is different than a brand that is designed to showcase a company and their culture and their values. Like all of those things are important, but a personal brand speaks volumes about you and is a great magnet for ideal clients. So I brought a friend of mine in to help uncover the secret to creating a hot personal brand, and you might even recognize her. Now, one of the things about a hot personal brand that I find so valuable is how it shifts your influence and your authority in the eyes of your community. And when you really dial in your personal brand, one of the things that happens is people turn to you as a go-to authority and expert in your field. And it's one of the key components of being able to attract and sell five-figure deals to clients. Now, there is so many ways to bump up your revenues, but one of my favorites is being able to design and enroll people into VIP days and all kinds of uh, packages where there is a accelerated process to get to results. But to get to that point, you need to build a strong foundation and guide people through a very powerful sequence. And I've mapped that out for you in my seven-step plan to get booked, get leads, and get five-figure clients. It's absolutely free. It's my gift to you. The best way to get it is to join my Amplify Your Authority Facebook group at amplifywithmelanie.com and we will send you a copy of this blueprint. And the exciting thing is we're doing some mini trainings in the Amplify Your Authority group to help you unpack each of these steps. Now head on over to amplifywithmelanie.com and get your hands on the seven-step plan. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, amplifiers. I'm so excited for today's conversation about amplifying your personal brand. Now, let me introduce you to Christine Gritman. She empowers professionals to step into their personal brands in a bigger, bolder way on social media. You can do it. She'll teach you how. She's spoken on stages worldwide and is a frequent guest expert on podcasts, live streams, Twitter chats, and blog posts, as well as hosting her own weekly Twitter chat, chat about brand, and her live interview show, Let's Talk About Brand. And that's how I scooped up Christine as I started seeing her brand show up all over Twitter. So Christine, thanks so much for joining me today. I've been looking forward to our conversation. 
Thanks so much for having me. Well, this whole concept of a personal brand, I think, is something that is elusive to a lot of the people who are building a business around their expertise. And I'm not sure people really understand what their brand or their lack of a brand is saying about them to their potential clients. So that's why I think this is a really important uh, conversation. The work you're doing is super important and you've got a hot personal brand. So who better, right? <laughs> I try. Yeah, you do. You're, you're super good <laughs> at it. <laughs> so why don't we start with what a personal brand is to kind of get the baseline set for our listeners today. Sure. And part of the resistance uh, that people have towards putting their personal brand out there is a fundamental misunderstanding of what a personal brand really is. They think of a personal brand as sort of this odious show-offy thing. They think of influencers online. They think of, you know, people who are just really trying to be larger than life and are faking it, essentially. They think of these cult of personality people when actually Everyone already has a personal brand, whether they have taken ownership of it or not. I like to say that a personal brand is simply the version of you that lives in someone else's head because, you know, it's all, it's all about perception and people are ideally going to have a version of you in their head if you've made any sort of impression at all. So it's a matter of just sort of having more input as to what that overall impression is. And you can do that by understanding exactly what it is you're putting out there and why. Mm. So you say putting out there, let's hone that in. Like what is it that we're putting out there that's defining our personal brand? Absolutely. Well, one thing to keep in mind is that anything that you post on social media, any way that you behave at a real life event, any way even that someone is talking about you secondhand, those all those each have the possibility of being someone's only impression of you. So part of it is being aware of that. Any impression could be someone's only impression if it's a bad one and they decide they are not interested in learning more or if you just happen to not come across that person again. But it could also actively lead to more impressions if you leave an impression that makes people want to know more, that makes people want to seek you out, that makes people want to try and find you. And that's really key. You want to make sure that people try and find you, but you also need to make sure that you're aware of what they'll find when they do. Make sure that you Google yourself, ideally on incognito mode so that your computer doesn't know that it's you. Make sure that everything you see there is pointing in the right direction. Another thing to bear in mind is that those impressions sort of need to compound. They need to add onto each other if we're really going to get to that place where people feel like they know us, they like us, they trust us, and they want to buy from us. And if you don't leave a memorable and distinct impression, they may see you again and not realize that they've seen you before. That's not one plus one equals two. That's one and one. They're standing alone. They're not actually building upon each other to get you any further with that person or in their mind. Mm. So that's another reason why it's really important to be aware of how you are coming across and putting something memorable out there. And memorable does not have to mean weird. 
<laughs> doesn't memorable. have to be controversial either, right? It just yeah, means memorable. memorable doesn't have to mean weird. It doesn't have to mean controversial. Honestly, the thing that sticks the best is clarity. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go wear red everywhere you go. I mean, goodness, who does that, right? <laughs> I do. But you don't you don't have to be like that. You don't have to dress head to toe in your logo. You just need to be clear as to who you are, what you stand for, and why someone should care. The why someone should care is what's really going to stick in their heads because people are selfish creatures. You could be doing the coolest thing ever. If it has no relevance to them whatsoever, they won't remember it. Whereas you could be doing something really kind of everyday and basic. And if something in what you're doing or how you present it, or even just who you are resonates with that person, they will remember it. Well said. And I agree totally. Um, this is, uh, this is what I was hoping we were going to talk about today. Cause I think sometimes people don't understand why they need a brand and they don't mm-hmm. understand the, the way their brand is being experienced by others. So who needs a brand? Well, again, everyone already has one. If you've ever had a friend text you from a shop saying, I saw this thing and it was just so you, and they texted you a picture of it. Like my sister, for example, if I see something with cats on a piano, you know, I'll, I'll take a picture of it and I'll be like, this is so you, because that's kind of on brand for her. We all have a brand because we all have a version of ourselves that lives in people's heads. It's just a matter of connecting it to your profession or your professional persona. And that's another really important thing. Your personal brand is not what you do because that boxes you in. I know lots of stories of people where they they built a strong personal brand where people had awareness of who they are, awareness of what they were about. People felt connected to them. And then they left and they went into a different job or worked for a different company And they were able to bring so much more value to that position. They were able to leverage the personal brand they had already built because they were already taking up real estate in lots of people's heads and it was positive real estate. So they were able to take that and transfer it and sort of brand it onto their new employer. And that made them very valuable. That definitely helped their employer uh, because they brought with them a whole community, which is fantastic. That's that's the thing people need to realize. Your personal brand is not about your job. It is not about a position. It is about the community you build around yourself. Because if you are taking up real estate in people's heads, you know, they're a part of your community. Congratulations. Um, again, how much you choose to do with that is up to you. If you choose to make that a one-way situation where people are listening to you and you're trying to foster that, but you're not listening back or communicating back to them, that's not going to be as strong as if you really strengthen those bonds in both ways. If you really engage with your community, if you take the time to find out not only what they need, but also even just what they think of you, you know, you should do those checks to make sure that the people who know who you are really, you know, know who you want them to know. (laughs) And that is the best way to make sure that your personal brand gives you freedom. Your personal brand can give you the freedom to leverage it, to support you in whatever you may want to do next. People who are employees often don't think of personal branding because they think, well, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not an influencer. I'm not trying to do my own thing. I'm a cog in the machine 
And I'm happy with that. I like the machine that I'm a cog in. So I don't need a personal brand because I'm not looking to change. Well, first of all, just because you're not looking to change doesn't mean that things won't change. We could have, say, a global pandemic that shifts everything. <laughs> Your employer could be sold or acquired or go out of business. Someone new could come in who doesn't have loyalty to you and decide that you are redundant. You have no true job security beyond your personal brand and weaving that net that will eventually catch you if you do need to, you know, jump from thing to thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, my own personal brand, I built my own personal brand while I was a journalist at my local newspaper. And I was, I was very much in service of the local, of the paper. I got promoted to a role where I represented the paper at things. People absolutely connected my employer to my personal brand. But when it came time to launch my own business in 2016, that visibility absolutely helped me. People knew who I was. People cared who I was, not just because I might write about them. They cared who I was because they got a feel for who I was. They got a feel for what motivated me. They got a feel for, for where my values were. And that meant that when I decided to perform a completely different job function, going from being a writer to being a social media strategist, they supported me because they said, you know what? We think well of this person and we know who the heck she is. So let's celebrate this. Let's support what she's doing. Let's tell people, let's be invested in her success. And that's what a strong personal brand can do for you too. So don't have it tied to one spot. A personal brand is really an incredible key to future freedom. Hmm. I like that. I like the idea that it's not attached to what we do and it's something that can evolve and shift with us uh, mm -hmm. because as, because we all know entrepreneurs are always evolving and shifting. <laughs> so what are some things we could do to figure out what our personal brand is? I like thinking in words. <laughs> so a word cloud can be a help, very helpful tool. Different people have different ways, processes, for working with their words. But I think, you know, there's a few different directions you want to sort of think of words to describe your personal brand from. Think of it in terms of what you see yourself as and what you want others to see you as, sure. But also think about and ideally even ask some people who know you in different ways. So some people who have worked with you are a good start. See the words that they use to describe what working with you is like, ideally you already have some testimonials or referrals, so you don't even have to ask anybody. Ideally, you already have some of those words, but if you don't, go ahead and ask. Another category that I find tremendously useful, people who don't know you very well, because I feel like that surface level impression is the one that most people are honestly gonna see first. So what is that surface level impression? What do people who don't know you very well, who haven't worked with you, who maybe met you once, what sticks out to them about you? Because it's good to know what rises to the top. Also, people who know you personally. And to some people, they may say, well, that's irrelevant. The people who know me personally and the people I'm working with, very different people, very different crowd. I'm a different person at work than I am, you know, when I'm hanging out with my friends. So that's not relevant. It kind of needs to be because if your professional self is that separated from your non-professional self, you're just making extra work for yourself. There's so much more room for yourself as a real human being 
than a lot of people think in the working world. And that's another thing that helps you stand out, which is that um, instead of really dulling yourself down to fit into someone else's mold or what you perceive as someone else's mold of what a professional is, you know, be yourself. It's going to stand out more. Don't be yourself. Like don't bring your drunken, rowdy beer pong champion self to a board meeting, you know, (laughs) in terms of who you are, in terms of what lights you up, in terms of who you are, when you're lit up, bring that. Don't be tamped down all the time in your work self. So again, to get back to where I started that tangent, people who know you personally, that's incredibly useful because they'll, they'll probably tell you the things that you maybe haven't been bringing to your professional interactions and that you maybe should, because these are Mm. people who like you. I mean, hopefully they're not using bad words to describe you. If they are, you really need to get some new people around you, but look (laughs) at all of these things. Look at the common threads, look at the things that tend to come up over and over, kind of group the words into basic clusters. And you'll hopefully ideally wind up with just, you know, three to five clusters that sort of gravitate to each other and and create certain colors in the palette of the painting mm. of who you are. I just came up with that, but okay, that works. <laughs> but you know, certain themes tend to come up. Another thing that people underestimate is the power of things that you gravitate towards because that is something that resonates with you even if it's something you notice in other people that you don't have in yourself. If things are appealing to you, it's probably tapping into a little bit of that inside of yourself as well. Look at that. Look at the things you notice. Look at the things you like. Look at the things where you're like, ah, I would love to be like that. You probably are deep down inside a little more like that than you realize. Hmm. Explore that. Look at what take, look at what catches your notice and listen to the part inside yourself that that is resonating with. Got it. That's helpful. Thank you. You know, uh, one of the things that I think was super um, catchy in the in your brand that had me start paying attention and connecting more was your shows. Mm-hmm. And partly because I'm super active on Twitter, it kept showing up in my streams all the time. And then <laughs> Good, I started to notice. Yes, exactly. Uh, it, I noticed the talk about brand, the live interview show. I'm wondering... How have you found that helpful in showcasing your brand? Because I believe that authority, like positioning our authority through things like that is very valuable. And so I'm curious if that's working for you. And also, would you recommend that for others in establishing a brand? The shortest answer is yes and yes. It has been working for me. And I definitely recommend that simply because shy of meeting with every single person in person live Doing live video is the closest people can really get to feeling like they're meeting you. It is Mm -hmm. unscripted, ideally. (laughs) You're thinking on your feet, you're interacting on your feet, you're hopefully bringing more of your human self to it. And then there's just the, the actual brain function of us registering that there's a human being talking to us. Our faces on a screen 
replicate being at close conversational range with somebody and our brains respond accordingly. There's something that just fires up in there. Hearing the human voice, the rise of audio social shows that having a person in our ear is a very intimate experience. So, and of course your face is the most unique and recognizable element of your personal brand that you can possibly have because unless you are an identical twin, nobody else has it. So there's all, there's all of the sensory advantages to doing a live stream. I've had mm-hmm. a journey with how it has served my brand. When I was starting out in 2017, I started doing a show every week called Social. And there were several gaps in the years of social, but I did it for about three years. And at the beginning, it was that I realized I was starting to meet people who knew a lot more than I did about things that I wanted to know more about. People who were more established in the industry in which I was trying to establish myself. And I said, I have the great advantage of having access to these incredible thought leaders. And I was a journalist and I loved hearing people's stories and helping tell people's stories. So I started interviewing smart people about different topics of social media that were in their wheelhouse. And it was great. But at the beginning, part of that was a matter of establishing myself as being in this industry. And I could simultaneously learn from people in in the social media industry while also being a source of information for other people because I was the one bringing them these interviews. So that's how it stood for a while. And then in 2020, I had my own brand refresh of sorts. I always take August off. I sort of, you know, pull back from client work and I focus on my own business. And in August of 2020, not only did I do a refresh where, you know, I added more red to things, obviously, and I did new photo shoots, I changed my fonts, but I also looked at niching. I said, I am kind of a generalist here. uh, And people keep telling me that what they notice is my personal brand. What if I dive deep on that? That's the most fun part of the work that I do with clients. It all starts with your brand. It starts with who are you? What are you conveying to people? How are you going to make that connection? How are you going to be memorable? And it's something I was already doing and that I was good, that people were taking notice that I was good at doing for myself. So I said, you know what? I'm going to be personal branding girl. And you know what? I'm going to rebrand my show. So instead of it being all over the place with topics, it's all going to be about different elements of branding. And I wrote a whole list for myself, just as proof of concept of, does this have legs? Are there enough different elements of branding that I can explore to sustain a show week after week? And there absolutely were. So that, and then I took it a step further. I said, you know what? I'm having a lot of success on Twitter for a long time. That was a source of frustration to me because I was succeeding among an audience of my peers, and they were not my clients. Mm. So my Twitter, the fact that I was doing well on Twitter, I had a big network, I was pretty active. That was actually frustrating to me because I wasn't sure how to work that out. And so I did two things. First of all, I said, why am I looking a gift horse in the mouth? Why am I not following what's working? I'm going to go harder on Twitter, and I'm going to pair this new live stream show on Fridays with a Twitter chat on Tuesdays, chat about brand. So on Tuesdays, chat about brand doesn't have a guest, but it is always on the same topic as I am interviewing my guest expert about on the Friday show. And so there was that, I said, I'm gonna go extra hard on this. 
And um, in addition to that, I, I also looked at that problem of Twitter's the audience of my peers. That's not my client. Instead of, again, trying to reverse engineer it, I said, I'm going to, again, follow what's working and start offering personal branding services to people, including fellow marketers. Hmm. And I actually love working with fellow marketers. It it took a lot of imposter syndrome to get through. I was like, I'm going to be telling them things they already know. They're going to feel like they wasted their money on me. No, it's stuff that they know the importance of doing it for yourself is still hard. So this changed everything. Um, Another really big thing that I did around that when I was launching the live stream show and the Twitter chat, I said, I'm going to stop worrying too much about content strategy beyond these two pieces of rich community building educational content I'm doing every week. And the crazy, because I had tried various content strategies over the years. I was like, oh, I'm going to post this on these days on this channel and all that. It was all very planned for, you know, brief spurts at a time. I'd try something for a few months and then I'd try something else. Ever since I sort of relaxed and said, everything's going to revolve around these two things, the chat and the show. People have seen me so much more. People think Mm. I'm doing more. People have said, my God, you're just churning out the content, girl. I'm like, I'm really not. I'm doing an incredible amount less than I was doing before, but it was stronger. It was breaking through and they were seeing it. So doing more with less has been the greatest advantage of, first of all, niching down and owning my brand as the branding person, but also of really focusing everything around the show and the chat. I now have a Patreon group around the show and the chat, which helps people sort of build their brand a little deep. It it takes each week's chat a little deeper. And so they can use that to build their brand a little more uh, directly. And depending on the tier that they join my Patreon group at, you know, they have more or less involvement from me, but helping them build their brands. And, you know, there's going to be more in store, but it is all going to build off of that property of my show and my chat and what I'm building there. And it's all, Mm -hmm. it's all building in the same direction instead of having a million different things. And it's saving me work and it is getting through. It is getting through. I, I could see that. And, and it's very, it's very catchy. So you, and you're great with <laughs> gifts. <laughs> I actually think the very th- first thing I saw was gifts. And I guess that's my, my last question I want to get into in terms mm-hmm. of uh, branding is like, how do we use social media to reinforce mm-hmm. that brand? One big thing is have a key message. Why should people care who you are? Like, what should they know about you? You're the such and such person. Yeah. And this is something I've started really helping my clients with. We need to get down to the smallest number, not even an elevator pitch. We need to get down to the smallest number of like under a hundred characters in some places on social media. We need to get down to the smallest possible, tightest, but clearest distillation of what they do. So that people know immediately why they should care. Everyone is trying to get their messages across to us. We need to make sure that if we have just a moment to shout into the void, we need to know what we're shouting. So in my case, that's personal branding. You know, there's, there's all sorts of 
different ways that you can look at these things. And that's another thing. If people have too many messages, they're not sure what to shout into yeah. the void. So figure it out, figure out what your, what your one wild shout is going to be and make sure that everything supports that message. And by everything supports that message, I also mean um, figure out how you're going to be able to get yourself to show up regularly. Because if you're someone who hates video, but you feel like you should be doing video because everyone says to do video, you're not going to do it consistently. You're not going to do it well. It's not the medium in which you communicate. Yes, look at what your audience wants to see. Everyone says that. Look at the medium your audience is consuming. But I think it's actually more important to look at what you'll actually do. Hmm. I work primarily with people who are running their own businesses. I do work with people who are employees, but the bulk is definitely people running their, running their own show. They're wearing a thousand different hats. I need them to be wearing the hat of themselves. It has to not feel like a whole other separate job that they have to do. So I help people figure out what will make, what is a way that they will be comfortable communicating and showing up regularly. If that's video, great. If that's writing, great. I talked to someone the other day who said that they feel funny about writing because they're dyslexic, but they're good at putting ideas into words. It's just the writing part. And I said, you should start talking to a video camera, but you don't have to publish the video. Just transcribe it and, you know, do a little bit of editing or have someone else do a little bit of editing. But basically, if you're good at talking, but not good at writing, talk and transcribe. There's a million different things that you can do. You can, you know, communicate in quotes from other smart people and then just write something about why you found it valuable, add value to the curated content. There's a million different ways you can communicate. Find something that makes you comfortable. And I would also say, instead of trying to do a million different things, get known for something. You know, I, I do tons of video and I not only do my own videos, I guest on other people's videos. After this podcast recording, I'm going to be a guest on a live stream. <laughs> and that's because it's a way that I show up. So I'm known for showing up that way. People recognize my bright red backdrop that I have everywhere. And so showing up on video for me is something that I'm known for so that when I do it, even in a property that is not mine, it still is building my brand because I'm showing up in a consistent way that people are used to seeing and hearing from me. Makes perfect sense. I love it. Um, I know our audience, as they're listening in, they've probably got more questions. They might, they're hopefully going to want to reach out and connect with you and work with you. What's the best first step they could take to connect with you? Absolutely. Well, I sort of pull it all together at Gritman. So that's grit, like when something's gritty and mun like Monday, gritman.com slash connect. And that will not only show you links where you can follow me everywhere, but it will also give, give you the opportunity to send me your information. There's a form you can fill out. And at the end of that form, it'll prompt you to set up time with me. And I would love to hop on a 15 minute call or zoom. I really like zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I know everyone's a little zoomed out, but I feel like there's just nothing like face-to-face. -face. Um, so I would love to be on Zoom with everybody. If not, phones are okay, I guess. And 
yeah, you can also honestly Google me. I'm everywhere. Um, well, I'm not quite everywhere, actually. My TikTok isn't really a thing, but... <laughs> We'll hook up your social in the show notes so people I, can I'm find you on social. I'm everywhere people over 40 are, let's say. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I've been hearing people over 40 are on TikTok, but that's they not are, my thing either. They I'm just are, not there but either. generally speaking, I'm not, I'm not so much on TikTok or Snapchat, but you know, the, the big four, the big yeah. four, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, hit me up. Good. Perfect. And we'll link those up for you guys. So this is the time where I'd like to ask just a couple personal questions, not personal, but like getting to know Christine a little bit more. We don't want to know, you know how many kids you have, things like that. I'm professional only, Melanie. I'm only here to talk about work. <laughs> right. Ew. Exactly. Because that's your brand. <laughs> it means. All right. What is the boldest thing you've ever had to do to get where you are right now in your business? Quitting my job. Um, quitting a job that I loved. And and that's the really big thing because I had quit jobs before, but I had quit them because they were driving me so crazy. And I was having the Sunday night scaries, waking up in a panic at 1 a.m. on Sundays. So because I going to work was so stressful. It was those situations previously. The job that I left in 2016 to start Christine Gritman Inc. was great. They had literally said to me, what would you like to do? We'll turn it into a job. It was incredible. I was getting paid to go into my community to whatever interesting events I chose and then write about them. It was awesome. I felt like a Kardashian. I'm like, I'm getting paid to be me. It, it was fabulous. And, you know, they were willing to work with me to, on what the future of that looked like. But I just kept feeling the calling to go help small local businesses with their social media. I was like, they need to know how to do it better. They need to know how much easier than this it can be. Mm -hmm. And so in May of 2016, I did a few things to uh, make sure I wouldn't chicken out. I, I started the legal paperwork of registering as an escort before I quit my job because I said, you know, that'll, that'll help me stick to it. I did a headshot shoot. <laughs> and ordered business cards. I'm like, I can't do this on the side. It won't happen. I need to get these things together. And then I landed my first client before I quit my job. At the time I was focused on wanting to do social media for restaurants. This, my, my company has changed a lot since then. But when I started, I thought I'd do social media for restaurants locally. And I met secretly with four chefs I had good relationships with. And I presented what I was planning on offering. I said, does this sound like something someone in your position needs? Uh, two of them said, oh my God, I need this. I would buy it right now, but we don't have any money. Common refrain. One of them said, yes, let's sign a contract right now. Um, but then the next person who walked in turned out to be a general manager who was good at social. And she actually was, we became friendly. So, um, <laughs> so there went that. But then the fourth one hired me on the spot. And regardless... All four of them thought that I was on the right path. I said, okay, you know what? That's all I need to take the leap. And it was terrifying and it remains terrifying. And I'm so glad I did it because if I had been developing this as a side hustle, it would not have developed. It's good, good advice there because I think a lot of people struggle with the transition. So I love hearing people who just jump, they just leap. I did and too. I and yeah, that was hard and, I, and scary. I had the advantage of the fact that my husband could pay our mortgage. But the fact yeah. is, even when I was younger, I was always more afraid of being stuck and unhappy. 
than I was of being broke because I knew I always had a strong network. My entire career, I knew the importance of building up a strong network. And so I knew even back in my early 20s when I was quitting jobs because I was unhappy with nothing lined up, something always appeared fairly quickly because mm-hmm. I always had people in my corner. Yeah, it's not that. Uh, so we're looking at your business trajectory over the last few years. And if you were to uh, stand in your timeline and look back, what is one thing you wish you would have done sooner? Because now you know how effective and powerful it was going to be. Oh, goodness. So many things. But one really big thing is to look at growth, to look at scalability. Because when I first started my business, I was literally going to restaurants and taking pictures and posting them. And that is not scalable unless you have a plan for hiring more people under you. But I did not have that plan. <laughs> and, and in general, just looking at scalability, looking at how can I grow this and you don't have to actually do it. It's perfectly fine to want to keep your arms around things. I haven't gotten bigger, but I am starting to look at how I could. And I think that it's important to, to start with future growth in mind instead of just doing what works right now. That's a really great insight because if we don't build something scalable, at some point you're going to have to pivot the business model to get there. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is, oh my gosh, how am I going to pivot? So yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to build an empire. I'm not trying to build a company that's going to get sold. Christine Gritman Inc. is me and always will be, but it would be nice to have more options, more flexibility. And that's what understanding a, a plan for scalability really does for you. It gives you freedom. Yeah. Well said. Well, as you're listening in amplifiers, I know you're getting some hot ideas on your personal brand. Make sure you reach out to Christine, follow her on the social. We'll link it all up on the show notes for you. Uh, and if you're feeling that inspiration to book in a chat with her, you know how to do it. Gritman.com forward slash connect. Christine, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been really insightful. Thank you, Melanie. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 